Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the very first episode of the Mind Poppers podcast with your very nasty host, Adam O'Reilly. And look, don't know how to tell you this, but if you made it here, then you are certainly in the darker side of the internet because we like to get a little down and dirty here sometimes, a little nasty for sure, a little freaky, and a little sexy also at times, but we also like to think here. What is a mind popper? Mind popper is something that you come across and it leaves you a little shook. It makes you change up your way of thinking. It takes you by surprise. It blows your mind. Um, so what I've done is started taking note of the things that I'm countering in my day-to-day life that's fricking my mind a little and I want to get into it. Now we want to start off light here, light and easy before we go in deep and rough. Um, so I want to talk about Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande. And I know what you're thinking. Why do we give a fuck? Why do we give a fuck about Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande? You know, that was 2018. What possible interest can I have for us now in the year 2020? Well, you'd be surprised. Pete Davidson came out with a Netflix special in the last like two months called Alive from New York. It's less than an hour long. Um, Is it amazing? No. Is it watchable? Yes. I mean, and I like Pete Davidson. You know, I like that whole kind of like string bean kind of like looks like he's sick. You know, not just like cold sick, but looks like he's sick sick. You know, that little kind of string of piss that looks like, you know, he might have a little coke problem. I'm into that 100%. You know, you want to take care of him. You know, you, you want to you wanna nurse him back to health. Um, now, in case you don't know who he is, he became famous really. I mean, he rose to fame properly from dating Ariana Grande. Um, but he had been working in Saturday Night Live for years. I mean, he's all right. He is all right. But in the Netflix special, he made a few jobs at Ariana Grande. And I suppose that's what we were all waiting for. We wanted to hear him talk about what was going on. Because they had kind of a tum- tumultuous, whatever. They had a difficult break up. He kind of had mental health issues. And there was kind of like threats of him maybe committing suicide or whatever. It all went down in the press. So he made a few jabs at Ariana Grande. Now, Ariana Grande um, said in her Vogue interview a couple of months ago that Pete Davidson was, he was a distraction. Their relationship was a distraction. And that didn't go down really well with him. He said, can you imagine if I did that? My career would be over tomorrow if I spray painted myself brown and hopped on the cover of Vogue magazine and just started shitting on my ex. Obviously, Ariana Grande gets all the backlash for you know is it like considered blackface from spraying herself or spray painting herself so dark who gives a fuck that's not what i'm here to talk about that's not the interesting thing the interesting thing is in the netflix uh, special a life from new york pete davidson says that we're all like blind to how conniving and evil genius ariana grande really is 
So he talks about the thank you next. Music video obviously was a very popular hit. Ariana Grande kind of did a whole Mean Girls Clueless type thing with the music video and listed off, you know, all the ex-boyfriends. And it didn't really take any kind of low blow, um, low blow hits against the exes. Or so we think. You know, it was all pretty, pretty sweet. You know, when she said, when she was talking about Pete, she was like, even almost got married. And for Pete, I'm so thankful. And you know, nothing bad about that. You're kind of like, oh, respect for her for not shitting on her exes. Now, in the music video, like I said, she does the whole Mean Girls Clueless gig. She has the, the, the burn book from Mean Girls. So she's putting in the picture of the exes and like, you know, write something down. So she puts in the picture of Pete Davidson and writes down, huge on top of it huge referring to pete davidson's cock um yeah i told you we like to get a little nasty here um but she's so saying that basically pete davidson has a massive cock and you know on first look you're like oh well isn't that very nice of her isn't that very nice of her you know letting the world know that her ex-boyfriend like things didn't work out but she's happy and look he's got a big dick and isn't that good for him and good for her that she could just move on like that but the kicker is Pete Davidson said that basically Ariana Grande is an evil genius because he doesn't have a big cock at all. Like at all. So what he said Ariana Grande done is deliberately put out, you know, that feeler into the world that Pete Davidson has a massive cock. So that every time from then on he goes to sleep with a girl, they're going to be always disappointed because they're going into it thinking that Pete Davidson has a big donkey dick. And he said he has nothing of the sort. You know, he's a perfectly average dick. So absolutely evil by Ariana Grande, you know. So it was like so cleverly disguised as, you know, a sweet little compliment. You know, my ex-boyfriend, you know, <laughs> we're still on good terms and he's a massive dick. It was nothing of the sort. She went out to like destroy him, you know, destroy his sex life. Like, can you imagine that? Like, no one has ever slept with Adam O'Reilly and came away from it like the next morning and be like, oh my God, that was the biggest dick I've ever seen. Nothing of the sort, you know, they might say, oh yeah, I had sex with Adam O'Reilly. The dick was, you know, it was aight. It was aight, you know? No one's going to write a fucking song about it for sure. But like, imagine having to live with that. To live with that, like every time you know that you're going to have sex with someone and how popular was, you know, Thank You Next. It was, it was a hit. You know, it was. We all loved it. Um, so imagine that, that every time you went to sleep with someone and when you pulled down your pants and took out your dick, you, what you saw in their eyes was disappointment. And that had me shook. That had me shook. That was a mind popper for sure. Um, you know, I just didn't expect it out of Ariana Grande. It was kind of, oh, I don't know. It was shady for sure. But the thing is, like that's going to be his legacy, you know? Like, that is what he'll be remembered for forever, is, oh, Pete Davidson has a massive cock. You know, surprise, no, he don't. It's a perfectly average cock, but it ain't nothing to write home about, and that's what he's going to be remembered for. Now, segueing in to another mind popper, thank you very much, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, is this whole legacy thing, living forever. Something that I've been really interested in the last couple of weeks is the concept of eternal life, living forever. And I know a lot of people say that, like, oh, why would you want to live forever? Like, a hundred years is enough. Like, for you, perhaps. 
I I've shit to do. I've shit to do that exceeds a hundred years for you, perhaps. You know, you you can rot, and that's fine. I've got shit to do personally. You know, like when you think about it in times of like, or in terms of how much like human life actually is on a scale of like the time of the planet. So say in Ireland, we got electricity in about 1880. And that wasn't even like household electricity. They meant to be a few poxy street lights out. All right. That's 1880. That is less than two people ago. Okay. If people lived to like 100, we'll say two people ago, less than two people ago. We, we barely had fucking electricity. You know, I want to be around personally to see the developments in artificial intelligence. I want to be around to see, you know, humanity and their exploration of space. I want to be around. I got shit to do. So I don't need to hear it. You know, like, oh, like my 80 years is enough. Good for you. I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. Now, there is, what pops my mind about it is there is these big businesses in the US that are currently doing this, that are currently chirogenically freezing people. You know, you pay money to these big businesses and after you die, they freeze your body in the hopes that you'll be able to be brought back in the future and you know this is something that I kind of bounce back in my mind for for a long time really but I think it's only recently where I've decided yeah I want to do this I want to be frozen and it's just still I mean it's very early in the stages like there is a few companies for sure there's currently actually you know there are people frozen at the moment there is currently a hundred people hundred people that are frozen and waiting to be brought back so there is a hundred people frozen somewhere in the world now, there is also, because it, said it is still a relatively new development, there is, however, an additional thousand people that have already made the financial arrangements that when they do die, they will be frozen. So there is a thousand people that are alive right now that are going to be frozen when they die. And it's something that I want, you know, and I know there's no guarantees. Basically, just to give you a bit of context in the whole thing, what happens is, after you die, these people, they come and collect your body fast. It has to be done fast. They collect your body. They fly over, obviously, to their, whatever you want to call it, their site. They will freeze you. Uh, they use a process called, like, ventrication, um, where they, like, kind of, like, drain the blood out of the body. And they'll put in, kind of, preservatives inside. And they'll freeze you in, um, I think it's liquid nitrogen. Um, they have to take the blood out, you see, because when you, if they freeze you while your blood is in there the water will freeze and it will like ruin all the cells. So it just, it'll make shittier, basically. And you won't be able to be brought back. Well, that's what they theorize anyway. Now it does cost a pretty penny as well, let me tell you. If you want to get your whole body frozen after you kick it, it's going to cost you about $200,000. I know. Now there is a cheaper option because I'm not paying $200,000. I'm just not. For about $80,000, you can just get your head frozen, which... I'm into, I'm totally into that, getting my head frozen after I die and then they'll kind of keep the head for you and then whenever the technology exists, they bring you back. And that's the whole thing. There's no guarantee with this whole cryogenic freezing thing because obviously the technology just doesn't exist yet to bring you back. So they don't know how they're going to do it. They theorize maybe with some like nanotechnology that they'll be able to bring you back. But my thoughts of it is right. I'll, I'll put down the 80,000, my head, obviously my decapitated head will go off to the States. It will be frozen. My family can do whatever the fuck they want with the body. I don't care. I won't be needing it. I'll be coming back. Um, and they'll freeze my head 
And then it's, we see, we don't know. It could be a hundred years. Could it be a thousand years? Could it be a couple of thousand years? The hope is that the technology will exist then to be able to bring you back to life, you know, to be able to reconstruct your body. Now, I imagine by the time this comes around that they have the technology to bring you back to life, you know, then you'll be able to put you in like a nice body. You know, I'm not going to come back looking like the 150 year old, because that's how how long I plan to live. I'm not going to be like 150 year old, like head in a jar. No, I want like obviously the new young body, big fat ass and a big donkey dick, unlike Pete Davidson. I presume they're going to be able to construct some sort of body, you know? If it's technology to bring me back, they can give me a banging bod for sure. And I'm into that. I really am into it. I just, I don't know if it's like a fear of death or whatever, but I want to be around to see how humanity fares. And that is just me. And I know a lot of people aren't into it because I suppose you got to think about, you know, are you willing to continue living, you know, when you're brought back, say in the, in a couple of thousand years, when you're brought back to life, are you willing to continue living knowing that all of your family members, all of your friends, all of your loved ones, your significant other, what have you, your children, that they've all died thousands of years ago and you're alone. So are you willing to continue living knowing that all of your loved ones are dead? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, look, I'm sad for them, of course. They had the opportunity to come back too. If they decided to kick it, then they kicked it, you know? I can't let them bring me down, you know? I can't let them ruin this for me. But it is, it's pretty crazy, but it is something that I want for sure. And obviously I do have some fears. I have some reservations. What happens if it's just like the head of me that comes back? Like I'm just some head and like whatever future humans look like, aliens, whatever, are just passing around like my head that I like paid $80,000 to bring back to life. Are they just going to be passing my head around at like some sort of like a future fraternity, like some sort of sex hole, like what you call those things, a fleshlight? Am I going to come back as just like a dignified fleshlight? I hope so. You know, I hope so. That would be nice. Um, But on a serious note, I do have some reservations, of course. For example, like what happens if the business, you know, that I pay the 80k to, to have my head frozen... What happens in like the next couple of thousand years if those bitches like go into liquidation or they run out of money, the company closes? What then? Is my head just left to thaw out? Like to be thrown to the rats, into the garbage? Um, I should hope not. But again, I get that's a chance you're taking. Like I'm not going to be there to see what's going on. So it does. It leaves me a little shook, but it's definitely something that I want and I mean look people are doing it already just look at the way we're like we're freezing embryos like so we are doing it um but it's just something that that I I want I want to be around for a long long time and I don't know where this all stems from I think it could be like because I mean like we like the whole thought of immortality has been pushed on us for like since we were kids really if you look at it I mean like this whole thing about when like when we see vampires like in the media and on tv like they're always sexy aren't they they're always stunning they're always stunning they they look amazing they're always having sex you know we associate vampires with like lust and sex and beauty and a good time and that's just the truth I mean look at twilight we had you know Edward Cullen you know eternal life beautiful stunning what have you 
and we had you know Jacob the werewolf not sure if he lived forever and then obviously we had that little fool Bella and you know I like Kristen Stewart I do but the whole thing about that movie for me was it was like what six movies of Kristen Stewart like complaining oh my god like do I do I fuck Edward or do I fuck Jacob do I fuck the, the handsome vampire or do I fuck the ripped Native American werewolf um and like some of us had real problems going on growing up you know like having sex with Robert Pattinson or Taylor Lautner that ain't a problem but you get what I'm saying you get what I'm saying like immortality is you know it's been sold to us it's been sold to us since we were kids I mean look at all this like Botox plastic surgery all our face creams and shit it's selling us like looking younger for longer it's selling us like the sexy immortality that we all want and I have to say I want it I want it but I don't know it's something that I think about a lot for sure now moving on to something else that has popped in my mind this week so I like scrolling around YouTube 100%. I like to go, like, I'm the kind of person that gets into the rabbit holes easily. Like, I'll stay on YouTube for hours and I'll go from video to video to video. Until recently, I came across a YouTuber called Brandy TV. So basically, this girl's gig is she gets high. She gets high on edibles and she smokes a lot of weed. Um, and she does, once she's high, she does like her special effects makeup tutorials and just makeup tutorials. But recently she started doing tarantula unboxing, right? If you're not sure what this is, your mind will be blown. Because I did not know what this is until I watched it. So like in the States or whatever, obviously you know what the States are like. I mean, we've all seen the Netflix documentary, um, Tiger King, like all the exotic animals that are currently in the States. It's crazy. But like this YouTuber, Brandy TV, she orders tarantulas from websites because you can buy tarantulas and they'll send, they'll post them out to you. They post them out to you in this like Amazon type box. Then you open up the box and it's kind of like plastic tubware, like something you get a three in one in. And it's wrapped in tissue and it's damp. And you kind of unwrap the tissue, you know, like with a tweezers or whatever. That's what she does in the video. You should check it out, Brandy TV. And there's a fucking tarantula, like a baby tarantula wrapped up in the tissue paper that she just bought off some site. Obviously, people like to collect tarantulas or whatever. I don't know. It's it kind of freaky. But it is amazing to see that you can just order these exotic animals online. So I got hooked. I fell down the rabbit hole. I was just enamored with watching her high and unboxing these tarantulas and putting them into their little terrariums or whatever but it got me thinking right as if that didn't pop my mind that you could get fucking tarantulas like off amazon and delivered to your fucking door um as if that didn't blow my mind enough it made me feel a little uneasy because i googled well i like i wanted to investigate what was the story with those kind of exotic creatures in ireland because obviously we're, we're blessed enough that, you know, we don't got the tarantulas, we don't got the snakes, we don't got the lizards or the scorpions, you know, thanks to our like, you know, our geo position and our climate or whatever. We, we don't got that, thankfully. But I googled it and I'm afraid to tell you and, you know, y- your mind could be blown from this one. This is a mind popper for a reason. But 
there are currently over 100,000 exotic animals in Ireland as of today. Over 100,000. And when I say exotic animals, I'm talking about tarantulas. I'm talking about scorpions. I'm talking about snakes. Okay? 100,000 of them. And if you want to break that down, okay, and you want to divide that by the amount of counties we have in Ireland, at least in the Republic, um, that is 3,200 exotic animals per county. So potentially here in Cork, there is 3,200 tarantulas living in people's homes. And that don't sit right with me because Cork ain't that big. Cork ain't that big for me to feel secure now knowing this fact that I'm not going to run into a tarantula. The thing is, you don't know who has them. You don't know who has a tarantula. You don't know if your next door neighbour has a tarantula or a fucking snake or a scorpion. You don't know that. Anybody could have that. All it takes, all it takes is for some bitch to leave a door open, a window open and then bam, you got a tarantula outside potentially that you could come in contact with at any time and you know I'm no mathematician but I bet if you were to like work all of this out that you have a more chance of encountering an exotic animal like a snake a scorpion or a tarantula in Ireland than you do of winning the lottery in Ireland hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So let that sink in. You have more chance of running into a tarantula than you have winning the fucking lotto in Ireland. And that certainly don't sit right with me. Because like I said, Cork ain't that big. Cork ain't that big. Knowing that there is 3,200 of these monsters out there. It just makes me feel very uneasy. It makes me feel very uneasy. And I don't know the kind of sociopath that like to keep. Excuse me. Like I said, like we, we get a nasty here. Um, but I don't know, like the kind of sociopaths that like to keep these creatures. You know, especially not the tarantulas. Look at the snakes. I can turn a blind eye to. I can get over the snake thing. I'm not happy about it, but I'll get over it. But the tarantulas, people like around me potentially keeping tarantulas and I don't even know about it. That freaks me out. That is a mind popper for sure. I'm shook. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Now, I have encountered the exotic animal in Ireland. Yes. I remember um, a mutual... So a friend of mine was introducing me to another friend group that he had, you know? So he was friends with these people and he was introducing me. So he was a mutual friend. He was like, oh, I I really think you're going to like these guys. You know, they're cool. They're chill. You know, 
it'll be a laugh. So we pull up at the house, um, full of younger people like myself. Um, I walk in the door, everyone seems super chill. There's a fire lighting, just kind of like couches scattered around. It was kind of like, um, wasn't like a dilapidated house by any means, but it was like definitely, it was like someone's second property. You know, the house was just kind of lying there on the land. Um, couches everywhere fire going it was nice everyone was there they were all getting high I was into it until I saw these glass cabinets on the wall I was like um, and I didn't really think anything of it until I, I saw like straw or something a hay in there I was like because this does not look like the crowd that are going to keeping rabbits and hamsters you know so we're sitting down anyway on the couches I didn't, I was just trying to not to think about the glass cases and what could potentially be in the glass cases. You know, because as well, like the, the property was based, it was like in, in a farm. It was like surrounded by farmland. So I was like, oh, look, it could be anything. It could be like eggs, like chicken eggs or chicks or duck eggs. I don't know, you know, whatever. So one of the guys moves over towards the glass cabinet, opens it up and to my dismay. And I, I, I'm not joking when I say this now. It was like an eight foot snake and it was and I, I was I don't know what kind of snake it was but it was a thick it was a girthy motherfucker a very girthy motherfucker like you couldn't grip him with one hand I'd say you wouldn't even be able to grip him with two hands you know he was that thick and chunky um so they just let this snake start slithering around the floor and we were in a small living room and this big, like, eight foot, nine foot snake, whatever it was, was just slithering around. And of course, I mean, I didn't really know these people. This was my first time meeting them. So I didn't want to, like, seem like a pussy, you know? I, I didn't want to freak out. Um, and they were all, like, around getting high. Like, they were, like, hotboxing the place. They were all super chill, you know? Like, it was like, oh, the snake's just going out for a little walk. You know, no one thought anything of it. I, I was the only thing I could think of. I mean, there is a big fucking snake going around here and no one's blinking an eye. But at the same time, I have to play cool. And I remember I was sitting on, um, it was kind of like an armchair, but it had like four wooden legs. Four wooden legs. And it had, um, like, the bottom of the chair didn't touch all the way to the ground, if you get me. Like a, like a couch. It was more material kind of over the legs, if you get me. So the big ass snake slithers in underneath my chair underneath like the material of the chair and it's just it's just sitting there it doesn't come out and I can't see it and like I've bought my feet planted on the floor and I start lifting my legs up because I'm like as if as if I'm sitting on this fucking chair while a big boa constrictor is like underneath there looking at these beautiful little legs you know stunning little legs so tiny and slender that he could gobble them up with one bite as if so I started to rise my legs up and people were like, oh, you're not afraid of the snake, are you? And I was like, no, I'm not afraid of the snake. I'm not afraid of the snake. As if, no, I'm just, this is how I like to sit. And I had practically had my both my legs up 180 degrees, like a fucking fool, like gold member from the Austin Powers film, because I was terrified that this fucking snake was just going to swallow me whole. So I get it. There are people out there with the exotic animals. And it, it freaks me out. You know, especially the tarantula thing. That ain't right for sure. And you, you know, you know that there is a lot of pet owners in Ireland 
you know, that couldn't give a fuck. They have no business owning animals. Now, the instance where I went down and met this new group of people with the big bow constrictor, they, they, they were snake breeders, they were into it, they were good owners, whatever. But we, we do know that there is a lot of pet owners in Ireland that have no business owning pets, you know? So there's definitely some fucking families out there, 1,000%, that have gotten like the tarantulas online and the scorpions online, had them for a couple of weeks and was like, fuck it, nah, not into it. Don't know why we actually got a tarantula and, and they throw it out. And when I say throw it out is they'll either throw it out into the garden or, God forbid, over into the neighbour's garden or into a fucking field. So not only do you have to worry about like these like reptiles, these snakes, these tarantulas, you know, when you go visit people's houses because you just don't know. But now it's like the whole thing is, am I going to run into these bastards in the wild? You know, am I going to be walking around somewhere and am I just going to come across a tarantula in Ireland? Like I never thought that. But once I came across this information, obviously it's blown my mind. It's a mind popper. And I don't like it. I haven't really slept easy since. Now, I need to calm down after that because I feel my blood pressure. It's up. I, I, there's a lot of um, testosterone going through my body right now. But to take things to, I guess, a hornier note, something that I have been looking at a lot lately is porn. <laughs> Not that I've been looking at a lot of porn. I mean, w- which I have been, for sure. You know, no shame in it. But I was actually looking into some of the inner workings of porn or what have you. Because, you know, if you follow me on Instagram... I've been talking a lot. I've been asking people about to send in like the craziest sex stories or, you know, their sexual taboos and kinks, the weirdest thing that they've been asked to do or ever. And I recently did a podcast with a crowd in Dublin called the Unpopular Opinion Podcast. And we did an episode on sexual taboos and then we did another episode on pornography. There is a lot to pornography that you might not know. And for this reason, I have decided that it's a mind popper for the information that I have come across. For example, the sex industry is the largest and most profitable industry in the world. Let that sink in, okay? So when I say um, the sex industry, I'm talking about street prostitution, strip clubs, phone sex, and of course, your run-of-the-mill pornography. So to put this into into perspective, 13,000 adult videos are produced annually, okay? 13,000 adult videos are produced annually, which brings in a profit of around $13 billion. By comparison, Hollywood has released around 507 movies and made only $8.8 billion in the same year. Okay? And it gets worse. The porn industry makes more money than the NBA, which... For you sports fans, obviously, the National Basketball Association, the NFL, the National Football League, and the Major League Baseball, okay? So the porn industry makes more than all of those institutions combined. The porn industry also makes more money than TV networks, NBC, CBS, and ABC combined, okay? So obviously, we take porn for granted. You know, it's everywhere. But we don't understand or fully grasp just how fucking big the porn industry actually is. It is a, it's the biggest industry in the entire world, okay? And to put that into perspective, right, every 30 seconds, so at 
any second, sorry, any second of the day, excuse me, any second of the day. So as we're talking right now, there are at least 30 million unique visitors viewing porn. So at every second of the fucking day, there is 30 million people jacking it off. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Now, porn there ain't nothing wrong with it, for sure. I mean, obviously, in healthy amounts, just like everything else. Um, and just for a bit more background information, the US, the United States, is the biggest producer of porn movies, porn films, web material, what have you. Second largest is actually Germany. Mm-hmm, Germany. You, you, you'd think that, wouldn't you? There's something, something a bit off with Germany. Like, they do have that kind of whole sex kind of thing going on, but you just wouldn't really hear much about it. But anyway, in my investigation of pornography, yeah, like it's so much fucking bigger than we think about and that's blown my mind. Obviously, what comes hand in hand with pornography, of course, like we've discussed on that other podcast, we discussed masturbation for sure. (sighs) A bit of background on masturbation for me. I mean, like, can I even remember? I can't even remember the first time I masturbated if I'm being totally honest. Because I mean like they don't teach in school or whatever. Like obviously they give you like sex talk and you learn like the basic biology behind it. No one ever like really tells you anything about masturbating, do they? You know? No one like there's no guide to masturbation. You know, there's no birds, the bees and the the masturbation and the pumping. You know? There's nothing to it. So it's kind of like something you gotta figure out on yourself. And I remember when we were younger we used to hang around, you know, just the group of the lads or whatever. And I remember then we used to occasionally hang around with another group of lads who were about a year or two younger than us as well. You know, they, they lived in the neighborhood. They lived in the hood. But I remember one day, and I still remember this, one of them came up to me or came up to us as a group. And they were like, oh, you're so lucky. I'd say now we were, we were about 13. So we were about 13 and they, they those guys would be about 11 or 12. And they were like, oh, you're so lucky that you're after turning 13. That means you're going through puberty, boy. That means you'll be able to start wanking now. I mean, me at 13, like, I did not know what wanking was. I did not know what masturbation was. Um, But yeah, so this guy thought, I mean, like, the belief when we were younger, basically, was that as soon as you turned 13, you were suddenly able to masturbate. Okay? Which, obviously, it ain't true. But again, like I said, no one teaches you about masturbating. I can't even remember. Like, obviously, through my own sexual awakening, whatever, 13, 14, what have you. I mean, like, obviously, you'd be like, damn, I felt something. What's going on down there? You know? But you still don't know anything about masturbation. You're like, you're getting a hard on. You're getting a boner, um, as they say in medical terms. Um, But still, like, what do you do with that? What the hell do you do with that? Uh, I don't know. So then, you know, you just be walking along. Oh, you might, you might hit into something, you know? Again, when you're like 13, 14, you might hit into something. Oh, I felt something down there for sure. What's going on down there? It felt good, you know? And then, of course, it felt good. So you're like, it's just like a dog learning behavior, you know? You, you, you touch it and you rub it up against something and it feels good. It feels good. And obviously then you come, Okay. And then you do your research and you find out, okay, it's natural to come or whatever. This is an orgasm. Everything is fine. Because when you start masturbating for the first time through your sexual awakening, everything freaks you out. Everything freaks you out. I remember one time, oh my God, the fright that I got. Whew, masturbation story. Um, when guys masturbate, now this happens to 
all guys. I presume. I mean, I can only presume. I hope it wasn't just me. Um, but when you're masturbating, what can happen is a muscle can kind of expand and contract, you know, down in that area. You know, I'm not a biologist, but down in the the penis area so a muscle can constrict and what it actually does is it will drag one of your testicles drag one of your testicles from the scrotum and up into your belly well i mean it's technically not in your belly but it, it ain't in the ball bag no more like suddenly you look down and you're like damn ball down you're missing a fucking testicle can you imagine at like 13 14 years of age you look down at your own junk and you're missing a fucking testicle oh my god i remember the sheer fucking panic that went through my body that day oh my god like where did it go where did it go i mean i did i had dial up internet i was there for like 40 minutes here and i get before i could find out where my fucking nut was gone now it turned out it was fine. It was normal. I was actually able to kind of press down on my, it wasn't my stomach. I was exaggerating, but you couldn't see the testicle. I guess it was up. I don't know where it was, you guys, but you like, you could press down on, I don't know, whatever is above the penis and the vagina, like whatever you want to call that area, I guess the crotch. If you press down on that, the testicle will come back and whew, everything was back to normal. But still you understand that you know, we don't learn about any of this with this whole masturbating thing. That was a fucking mind popper for sure that my testicle could vanish like that. That freaked me the fuck out. Um, but you know what? Something that's always as well, that's kind of blown my mind in terms of masturbation is I remember again when we were younger and like all the lads were talking about wanking and masturbation. Like it was like the new hottest thing, you know, like we were all like 15 years old and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I talked to you soon now. I just, I just gotta go for a wank. You know, everyone was delighted with our newfound hobbies. Um, like I remember being in fucking school and you'd look over like across the classroom and someone would be jerking off in the classroom like no joke no joke someone would be just jerking off in the middle of class and everyone would be like yeah go on baby go on jack it off um, but when was, once we got then into secondary school I remember like you know we still all had that attitude you know all the guys had that attitude everyone was just like masturbating everyone was just like so horny you know like sexual awakening what have you and I remember like when we were first introduced then to the girls because I went to a mixed secondary school and we bonded with all of them very, very easily. You know, we formed a, a very strong group of friends, you know, consisting of girls and guys, you know, from a very young age. Um, but I remember, like, talking to the, the girls in our group about this, you know, and just asking them, like, out of just, like, curiosity, being like, so do you guys masturbate? You know, of course. I mean, I presume that they did because we were all doing it. And I remember the answers I get back, be like, no you're a sicko no of course I don't do that that's disgusting you know and I remember being so shocked hearing that all the the girls in my class or whatever the girls in the group they were like masturbation like was sickening to them like they were like 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 how dare you ask me that of course I don't masturbate what do you think I am some sort of sex fiend you know, and I was so shook when I heard this. This was a mind popper. I was like, how are y'all not masturbating? I was like, does it just not feel good for girls or something? Or is it, does it just take too much time or whatever? And like, honestly, I thought this was the way up until very recently. Very recently, I like sat down and I talked to a friend. Um, a friend who would have in the day back in the day would have been like oh no that's disgusting so I sat down and talked with the friend and this friend now it was someone who I who I met in college um and I asked you know when you said back in school you know that you guys didn't masturbate 
um, I was like, is that still the case? And she was like, no, absolutely not. She was like, when you were masturbating, we were all masturbating too. We just didn't want to tell anybody because of, you know, we felt ashamed. And, and I can understand that now. Whereas maybe I couldn't have understood it back then. I can understand now why the girls in my class weren't openly talking about masturbation like the guys were. Because of course, female sexuality has been shunned and tabooed um, since day dot. So I get that now that they weren't willing to talk about it. But still, it blew my mind. It was a mind popper when I found out that all the girls are masturbating now. You know, just as much as the guys. And I know it shouldn't surprise me. But I'm into it. I'm delighted to hear it. Absolutely. But it's just something that, I don't know, it had sh- had me shook. And actually, when I was talking with this girl, my friend, we were talking about, you know, speaking of shame. You know, that's like for the for you for you masturbators out there, you know, you, you'll understand this. I think this is a universal thing. This overwhelming feeling of shame. After you come, after you orgasm, after you masturbate, this overwhelming feeling of shame. You know, you're jacking off, you're jacking off, you're jacking off, you feel great, you're like, wow, rock my shit. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, Mother Mary, Mother of God, forgive me for I've sinned, you know? Which, which, which doesn't sit right with me. Which doesn't sit right with me. I'm like, why? Is this like a whole Catholic Ireland thing? You know, is this just like an exclusive to Ireland thing where like we have this like sex shame thing still drilled into us since we were kids? So that every time we come or masturbate or fuck, it's like an overwhelming feeling of shame? Or... You know, is it like a biological thing in terms of like endorphins or what have you? Um, you know, that like obviously you're jacking off, you're masturbating, you come and you're like, oh my God, on cloud nine, you know, you're feeling ecstasy for those few seconds. And then is it just because like, bam, the endorphins drop and you're back at base level? Is that where the feeling of shame comes from? Or is it a combination of both? Because I feel like that is a universal thing, this feeling of shame when we come and I'm not into it. I'm not into it at all all I mean, if we can't fucking jack off without feeling fucking guilty, one of the few pleasures in the world, then I don't know what we can do. What we can do. And let's leave it at that, okay? Let's leave it at that. Because we have gone from, you know, the science of cryogenic freezing, living forever, to like dangerous fucking exotic animals living in Ireland, which I ain't happy about, to obviously masturbation, pornography, and a little bit of Pete Davidson and his not-so-donkey dick and Ariana Grande. Okay, let's leave it there. Stay woke. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.